Would you bow and pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, holy, holy, holy are you. And to Jesus the Lamb, the one who is worthy. Father, I think of that picture out of Revelation 5 and Revelation 6. God of our eternity, honoring and glorifying and worshiping you. The one who is our hope, our victor. God, Christ alone, worthy to open the great book. Father, we thank you so much for sending Jesus for us. We thank you so much for the hope that rests in him. Father, we pray this morning, first and foremost, for legacy. God, we thank you for the work they do in this community. God, saving so many young lives from the great trial, the great travesty of our time. Father, we're grateful that there are people in this community who give to help others, God, consider something other than abortion. We thank you for the workers at Legacy and for all those who give so graciously to such an effective program. Father, it's striking how many times in Scripture those in power have chosen to kill the unborn or the newly born to prevent your will from occurring. God, we pray for your will today. God, we pray for other churches meeting today in Sheridan. God, other believers who call upon the hope that they have in Jesus Christ. We pray for them this morning, God, that you would receive their praise, God, that you would be honored and that you would return blessings upon those communities of believers. God, we thank you for this church and for the graciousness uh, of the people that you have chosen to bring here. Father, I pray as the men come with the offering that we would give out of the overflow of our hearts that we would understand God, that this is just another way that we worship you. Another way in which we cry, holy, holy, holy. God, we pray for the message this morning. God, that you would use it as a, as a spotlight in our hearts. God, that we would find ways to incorporate your word that you gave to us into our lives. God, we thank you for all that you are. God, as we think of Easter coming in the celebration of Jesus, God, and we think of that song that we will sing for eternity. God, there is such great hope in knowing Jesus Christ, and we thank you again for him. God, we pray that you would bless us today in ways that we cannot even imagine. God, bless us by drawing us closer to you. Help that to be the cry of our hearts. Thanks for all that you do for us, Father. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.
Well, good morning. If you are new, uh, I am not Chad Cowan. I'm a lot more handsome. And I have more hair. And I have a really cool tie on. Uh, my name is Brad Kremensic, and I'm the lay pastor of visitation here at First Baptist. And uh, Pastor Cowan called me on Friday afternoon. And he didn't sound very good, but you know when you're having a conversation with somebody and you can just hear in their voice that there's something that they need to ask you? <laughs> and he was telling me he wasn't feeling very good. Matter of fact, he was feeling really, really, really bad. And could I maybe possibly preach on Sunday? <laughs> so here I am. And with God's help, we'll get through it. Uh, my intention this morning is to encourage you and to talk about encouragement a little bit. Uh, I have texted Chet this morning, and I think that he's doing better. But if we would continue to pray for him, that would be a great thing. What I would like to do is run through a number of places in Scripture. And I love the idea that Pastor Chad has a stand when he reads Scripture, but I'm going to be running through it that I just think that that would be awkward. Um, so I, I'm not going to do that. There'll be nothing on the screen. I'm really low tech. And I'm, and I'm not doing, I'm not continuing Chad's sermon series. So he'll, he'll do that when he gets back. As all of the rest of you, I suspect, it's hard to miss how cold it is. It's very cold. And I grew up in Bozeman, Montana, where it was like this a lot. And it seems to go on and on and on. And then the wind starts to blow. And it's even worse. And we can get discouraged. And that's a little thing. But it can cause us to be discouraged. So when I was thinking, only a day and a half ago, of what I might speak about, I thought that I would like to talk to you about encouragement. How we can be encouraged and, help, and how we can encourage one another. But before I get into that, I'm, I'm going to open in prayer. And I am going to open in the Lord's Prayer. And you may say it along with me if you'd like, or you just may sit quietly, or you may pray it to yourself. Um, but it is something that I will refer to a little bit later as I visit with you. So if I may pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I must have to tell you, I mean, I know the Lord's Prayer as well as I know my own name. But when you get up here, it's like it goes blank. And then I had my Bible open and 
I'm using a New American Standard, and it doesn't even have the Lord's Prayer in it the way I'm used to saying it. Uh, so I don't know what it is about that, but it always happens to me. So back to my example. I hope to encourage you, and I'm going to go through Scripture and maybe to some places you wouldn't expect. For examples of encouragement, the first one is rather dramatic. I, I won't read it, but it comes in, it's in 1 Kings chapter 19, it's verses 1 through 21, and it's the story about Elijah and Jezebel. Now, Jezebel's pretty scary, and, and she's after Elijah, and he just wants to go die. I mean, he's pretty, he's pretty discouraged. And he has a bit, I think, of a pity party. And so he's having that, and then very dramatically, God provides some encouragement. And what does God do? Angels provide food and water. The Lord speaks to him, and a friend is provided, Elisha. I don't think that any of our um, instances of encouragement are maybe that dramatic, but maybe you have had some. But that's how much God cares for us, that he would do something that dramatic. And we can count on him, and we can count on him to encourage us when we need to, when we need encouragement. So I ask myself and I ask you, what do you or do I do for encouragement? If I'm feeling discouraged, what do I do? And one of the things happened right in here just a few minutes ago, that magnificent music. For many of you, that is a way to find encouragement, to either sing, to listen to music, or for my wife, she likes to go to the piano and just belt out old hymns, and that really helps. So I would suggest that if you're discouraged and you need it, encouragement, music would be a, a, a helpful thing. For me, and it's why I started the prayer with, and it's why I started this morning with the Lord's Prayer, is I have found a great encouragement is reciting the Lord's Prayer. But I do two things. Oh, well, I do one thing. I change the pronouns. So instead of our Father, it's my Father. And it makes it much more personal. And I stop at different places. I'm afraid when I read it with you this morning, it was a little bit jerky. I, I stop at different places. And it allows me to think. And I love to do this when I'm walking. So for me to get encouraged, one of the things that I, I have decided that will help me is I pray. And a way to get my prayer started is with the Lord's Prayer. Reading the, the 23rd Psalm, you know, I, I think we think of that as maybe a, a, a funeral thing. It is a magnificent piece of scripture. My goodness, if you need some encouragement. So I would like to read to you from the New American Standard, Psalm 23. 
Many of you in here probably have it memorized. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the depths, in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou dost prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou hast anointed my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell That is, is just a helpful passage. The passages that I'm choosing are what are most helpful to me, and I'm sharing them with you. You may have others that you really, really like. This one, and if you've heard me preach, you've heard me talk about this just a little bit. In Mark chapter five, verses one through 20, is possibly, my favorite account in scripture. And, and, and here's the setting. Jesus has been preaching to the multitude. It's been a long day. I can imagine he's really, really, really tired. But he gets into a boat and he goes across some water. And you go, well, why did he do that? And why would he do that? In the busy, busy day, what would prompt him to leave what he was doing and get up and get in a boat and float away? Well, let me read it to you because I, I, I just love this and it is such an encouragement to me. And they came to the other side of the sea into the country of the Gerasenes. And when he came out of the boat, immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. And he had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one was able to bind him anymore, even with a chain. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been torn apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. And constantly, night and day, among the tombs and in the mountains, he was crying out and gashing himself with stones. I would suspect he was pretty discouraged. And seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran up and bowed down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What do I have to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God, do not torment me. For he had been saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he was asking him, What is your name? And he said to him, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he began to entreat him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now there was a big herd of swine feeding there on the mountain. And the demons entreated him, saying, send us into the swine so that we may enter them. And he gave them permission. And coming out, the unclean spirits entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea. About 2,000 of them and they were drowned in the sea. And the herdsmen ran away and reported it in the city and out in the country. And the people came to see what it was that had happened. This is a pretty dramatic event. 
okay? There's a lot going on here. You could preach a whole sermon just about, about this, but what I want to key in on is coming. And they came to Jesus and observed the man who had been demon-possessed sitting down, clothed and in his right mind. The very man who had the legion, and they became frightened. And those who had seen it described to them how it had happened to the demon-possessed man, and all about the swine. And they began to entreat him to depart from the region. So after all of this, after what Jesus has just done, the people around there, all they want is for Jesus to go away. And as he was getting into the boat, now that's Jesus, he's getting back into the boat, and as he was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed was entreating him that he might accompany him. And he did not let him, but he said to him, go home to your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in Decapolis what great things Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. And when Jesus had crossed over again in the boat to the other side, and then there's a great multitude. Okay, a, a couple of things that, that strike me from that about encouragement. Obviously, Jesus did what the demon-possessed man needed in a dramatic fashion. Obviously, that was a life-changer and an encouragement. But then right away, Jesus did not do what the man asked. See, Jesus knows more than we. And he knew that he needed this man in that area, preaching the gospel. And so that's what he asked this man to do. But here for me is the clincher of this whole passage. And then Jesus went back across to the other side, to the multitude. What did Jesus just do? He left the multitude. He went back to a multitude because he was willing to take the time for one person. That is an encouragement. I love that passage. And when I'm feeling discouraged or ill-treated or whatever, that is a passage I go to. And I remember that Jesus will leave the crowds to go to one person. There are promises in Scripture that we can look at for encouragement. John 3.16, of course. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Or Hebrews 13.5. I, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. Or John 14.1-3. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. 
He has offered us this amazing gift. He has made the promise that he will return. When things are really, really dark, that's a place in scripture to go and to think about and to meditate on that. Now, all of that as to um, where I like to go when I am, am needing encouragement, but what does that mean for me and how I relate to you? Or do I have to? Is there anything in scripture that suggests that encouragement and encouraging others is partly our responsibility? And of course, I believe the answer is yes. I want to read to you from, uh, it's, it's a book called The Tale of the Tardy Ox Cart. It's by Charles Swindoll, and um, it, it, it's filled with all sorts of vignettes and, and cool things. And I want to read, this is called The Lack of Encouragement. The lack of encouragement is almost an epidemic. To illustrate this point, when did you last encourage someone else? I firmly believe that an individual is never more Christ-like than when full of compassion for those who are down, needy, discouraged, or forgotten. How terribly essential is our commitment to encouragement? Is there some soul known to you in need of encouragement? A student off at school, a young couple up against it, a divorcee struggling to gain back self-acceptance, a forgotten servant of God laboring in an obscure and difficult ministry, a widow who needs your companionship, someone who tried something new and failed, encourage generously. A new match word, a new watchword for our times, shout it out, pass it around. Swindoll wrote that quite some time ago, and I just believe that the times we live in um, have gotten so that we need to encourage one another even more and more. We live in pretty hard times. We live in angry times, and we're busy. And oftentimes, we just need a little bit of encouragement. In Hebrews, chapter 13, verse, in chapter three, verse 13, the verse says, encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, lest any one of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And in Hebrews 10.25 it says, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I, I wanted to mention that because one, it tells us we need to be encouraging one another. And one of the ways that we can encourage one another is by gathering together. God meant us to live this Christian life together. And it is through the body of Jesus Christ that we can help one another. It's just the way that it works the best.
Not to say we don't need alone time or quiet time or meditation time or study. Those are all very, very important. But we need to meet with one another to encourage one another and to help one another. In Proverbs 15, verse 23, it says, A man has joy in an apt answer, and how delightful is a timely word. In the message translation, it says, congenial conversation. What a pleasure. The right word at the right time. Beautiful. I would like you to think back for just a minute and think how a word changed your day in a good way. Unfortunately, they can in a bad way as well. As well. But think of a time when you were just out doing something and somebody spoke a kind word to you and it changed your day. Proverbs 15:30 says, Bright eyes gladden the heart, good news puts fat on the bones. And then Charles Swindoll says, don't take fat literally. It means it will give you emotional prosperity, make your heart lighter, make the day seem more bearable. Or the message translates it, a twinkle in the eye means joy in the heart. And good news makes you fit as a fiddle. The meaning is the same. We can change people's lives with a smile, a good word, a simple kindness, an outreach of help. So what can we do? What can we do that might help somebody? I think the first thing is this. Look for and count your blessings. And the same for me. It, it's, it's easy to get caught up in, in everything that's difficult. And those things are real, and I don't mean to dismiss those. But look for and count your blessings. In Ephesians 4.32 it says, And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. We need kindness. We need to be looking out for one another and being supportive. In Matthew 7, 12, Therefore, however you want people to treat you, so treat them. For this is the law and the prophets. Often better known as the golden rule. If we just uh, lived our life paying attention to God, listening to his promptings, and remembering that one idea, that we should treat others as we would want to be treated. I think that would go a long way to encouraging one another. I want to read one more thing from Charles Swindoll. This is, this is quite funny. It's about a little kid. In a cartoon some years ago, a little guy was taking heat from his sister and friends for a newly found calling. Patting little birds on the head. That was his calling. Maybe you have wondered why you don't have that calling. The distressed birds would approach, lower their little feathered pates to be patted, 
sigh deeply, and walk away satisfied. It brought him no end of fulfillment in spite of the teasing he took from others. What's wrong with patting birds on the head, he wanted to know. What's wrong with it, his embarrassed friends replied. No one else does it. If your niche is encouraging, please don't stop. If it is embarrassing, demonstrating warmth, compassion, and mercy to feathers that have been ruffled by offense and bruised by adversity, for goodness sake, keep stroking. Don't quit, whatever you do. If God made you a patter, then keep on patting to the glory of God. And the only thing that I, I would add to that, and it's just been so true in my life, when, when you are out and, and trying to encourage others, you know who else gets blessed? You do. You do. I, I have maybe told many of you this, but I used to work at the homeless shelter. I used to lead Bible studies up there. And uh, quite frankly, every time I came home, I said to Patty, you know, I hope I was effective with them, but I sure feel good. There was just something about being there and being real and being able to help it was amazing, amazing opportunity. So I would leave you pretty much with this. Pray for, call, write, text, visit, have coffee, open a door, carry groceries, smile, greet, laugh with, weep with, whatever you can do to encourage one another. And none of those things are difficult but they are essential. Today, and it's cool how this all worked together, today is the day that we take the elder fund offering, and, and there'll be elders at the doors when you leave. The elder fund offering is different than our regular offering, and it's a way that we collect money to help or encourage others. And uh, let me assure you, uh, what you give is a giant encouragement to others. So um, that is today. I am going to uh, leave you with a benediction. Uh, this is from Philippians 4, and then um, we'll be finished. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honorable, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think of these things. Thank you, and you're dismissed. Mm -hmm.